hosting for your tech life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Hello, hello. Welcome. Episode 245. Uh, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about hacking, programming, coding. It's, it's different to just um, naughty things. Uh, I learned that tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about mobile phones and why you should be switching. Why you should be looking at very, at the very least, looking at changing your mobile provider, your plan. Ask the question. Find a better plan. There is one for you. We'll talk to Optus about that because they've done some research this week. Questions uh, from you, the listener, and you can send me an email at any time. Just go to the website eftm eftm.com.au. Say good day. Uh, hello, that kind of thing. But also, if you've got a question or a problem with technology, you can ask, as uh, Greg and Brad and others have done. But we'll talk to a couple of people tonight about interesting advice for you if you're um, <laughs> if you're having an affair for sure. But uh, if you're interested in the privacy around your mobile phone, uh, plus um, if you're a mountain biker, potentially some advice for you and your mobile phone. Uh, we're going to talk security vulnerabilities and online shopping. I'm going to talk clothing. I kid you not. I'm going to talk clothing here in a revolutionary first for this uh, 245 episode podcast uh, and frankly my radio show anything. I've never talked about clothing before but I'm going to do that this week and uh, it's very cool, it's very cool. But anyway I'll tell you about my current uh, jacket shortly Uh, and it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies. Uh, you can check them out at garmin.com.au. But as always, we will uh, tell you about them a little bit later in the show. But it's time now to really just get cracking and uh, get on with your tech life. So I got an email on Friday. Uh, it said this. It, the subject was important notice. And the logo, it was from the Catch of the Day newsletter. Yay for the newsletter. And uh, the logo at the top was Catch of the Day. And it says this. Data security is very important to us, which is why we, we need to let you know about some developments affecting member accounts created before the 7th of May 2011. If you've not changed your password on catchoftheday.com.au since the 7th of May 2011, we advise you to change your password. If you have changed your password since that time, no further action is required. What? What? It then says, it's always good practice to have a unique passwords. blah 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 And then the fourth paragraph is, early in 2011, Catch of the Day and other online retailers were targeted by an illegal cyber intrusion which compromised names, delivery addresses, email addresses, and hashed slash encrypted passwords. In some cases, credit card data was compromised. Other websites in the group were not affected. At the time, we immediately informed police, banks and credit card companies who assisted us in taking action. Uh, what it doesn't say is at the time we contacted you, our users, because they didn't. What? Three years ago, three years and two months ago, they were hacked and they didn't tell anyone. What? That's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's literally, literally unbelievable. Now, I, I, um, I reached out to, to Gabby from Catch of the Day, who we've spoken to on the show here, um, and unfortunately they're not talking. They, um, they sent back a normal um, standard media response, which had been sent to uh, other media. Um, and what, part of that is our website security and technology is continually evolving and has undergone continual upgrades 
We unreservedly apologise to our customers for this incident. We take data security seriously. Unfortunately, it just doesn't look that way because it was three years ago. Um, so that's that's bad. That's just bad form. It's bad management. Um, and they had to tell everyone. So, so I, here's what I think. I think something's happened. I think that... Um, I think they've found out that the people who hacked them were about to do something with the information uh, or that the passwords that someone had found a way to decrypt them. So it's, it's a really poor form, a really bad look. I hope the guys at Catch of the Day uh, recover because it wouldn't have been a good week for them um, to have to put out that information on Friday. And, geez, they're copying some crap online. Uh, so... Yeah, not a good thing, but if you are a catch-of-the-day user, should have got that email, and if you didn't, go to the site now and change your password. Look, people are deleting their accounts and all this kind of jazz. Just get over yourself. Delete your pass, change your password, move on. Um, don't buy from them again, whatever, but look, um, it's just not a good look, and I feel sorry for them, but you as, an, as a user need to know about it, and you need to change your password quickly. Uh, this is Your Tech Life. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your Tech, tech Life. Life with Trevor Long. And thanks for listening. YourTechLife.com and EFTM.com.au if you want to get in touch. Let's go to calls. Uh, g'day, Brad. G'day, Trevor. How are you going? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? I uh, just had a query um, from a client of ours who uh, was asking about the location services and uh, on an iPhone oh. um, and also querying the amount of battery usage that she was going through and it's a good way to churn through your battery the old uh, gps and uh, wi-fi location services isn't it yeah absolutely it's uh, not all the time so it's just constantly drawing on it and uh, did she know how to turn it off or was that the problem um well yeah she wasn't too sure how to do it uh so we stepped through how to do that and um, in the process uh discovered I guess uh, that she was quite surprised once we went sort of two or three steps into the into the menu uh, that she had listed all of her frequently visited locations mapped out and logged in terms of arrival time, departure time, uh, how many visits at that location, and yeah, she was quite surprised that uh, the phone had a log of all of that. Yeah, you know what? It's something I didn't know until about uh, I reckon it was two months ago. There was a little story about it. One of my one of my radio stations wanted to talk about, it and I. I went, oh, I don't know about that. And then, and so you, you mentioned the steps. Let's do this. So you go, I'll do it because you're driving. Settings, uh, then you go privacy, then you go location services. And that's where you can just say, you turn it off, turn everything off. And that's great. But in the end, you've got to keep it in, in some way on because of, you know, you want to use your maps or whatever. But then it lists every single app that's using uh, and can use location services. And most importantly, then there's a button for system services which allows you to turn off a whole stack of things like um, Popular Near Me, which is an app download thing. And then right down the bottom, it says Frequent Locations. When you click on that, it allows you to turn off this thing where it actually saves information about where you are regularly. And uh, and what's you know pretty scary, I guess, for some people is... So my history, for example, I'll tell you what mine says. It, the first suburb, suburb it lifts is my home, <clears throat> which I won't say, even though some people can work it out. The next locations are Artarman, Greenwich and Willoughby. Now, I work at SBS during the day. That's at Artarman. I work at 2UE a couple of times a week. That's at Greenwich. I do regular stuff at Channel 9. That's at Willoughby. Like, it's all there. It's just yeah. it's just written right there for you, isn't it? 
That's right, and that's what she pointed out, and uh, at the same time pointed out or asked me if uh, she could see the same thing on her husband's phone, and that's when the ears pricked up, and I thought, well, some people may not be too comfortable uh, being sort of tracked around and, and knowing that someone else could get into their phone, have a look at this setting, and see when they arrived and departed from frequently uh, visited places. And I guess that's where we have to start talking to ourselves about why this exists. So firstly, let's talk about the very fact that it is opt-out, let's to be clear. It's there. It's on by default. And I know that because I've only just reinstalled this iPhone and it, I didn't do anything. It's just on. Interestingly, though, it's also on Android phones. So let's not think it's just a, an Apple thing. Um, I read a story just today and I clicked on a link. Um, I'm going to try and remind myself while I speak, but it was maps.google.com forward slash location history. Now, when I click that, it gives me a calendar. And I can click on any day of the week, and it shows me locations that I was at on that day. And all I need to be is logged into my, my, my Google account. Now, the thing is, I, I don't mind, because I've got nothing to hide, right? But if you've got something to hide, you want to turn all these things off. If you're worried about why it's being done, then turn it off. But I'll tell you why it's being done. It's, there's a funny thing on the iPhone, and, and the best example, uh, Brad, I'll give you is last year we, we sold our house... And we lived with my outlaws for, for a while. Now, they live in a completely different suburb. And you know on your iPhone, you slide down from the top and it says, you know, you have one meeting left today. And then sometimes it says it'll yep. take you 35 minutes to drive to, you know, and it'll name a suburb. That's and you think, right, yep. and I, after a while, I'm looking at it going, how does it know that I want to go home to my, my parents-in-law's suburb and not my own suburb? And it was because it worked out that that was my frequent location. I kept going back there every night. So it would say that to me. So let's, you know, (laughs) if you were having an affair and you went every single night to the same place, your phone will probably prompt you with a direction and, you know, time, (laughs) including traffic, (laughs) to that location instead of your own. It's it's really interesting, isn't it? It is. And, you know, when I I was chatting to her about it, I thought, well, I'm comfortable with it on because I've got nothing to hide and I don't mind sort of checking out those extra features that, uh, iOS offers mm. in terms of you know trying to guess where you're going and how long it's going to take and so I, I'd left it on but I'm sure there'd be some uh, perhaps listeners out there that uh, yeah might go and uh, tap away and have a look at uh, those settings and yeah might decide to switch it off. No, it's very good advice, mate, and I appreciate you raising it because people and it is as I said I'll just repeat even though you could just rewind uh, settings privacy location services and then scroll down the bottom and say system services. And then scroll down the bottom and say frequent locations, and in there you'll find those uh, regular locations. And you can clear the history. I could just click clear, and then there's no evidence of my girlfriend's location. But um, the, the point is, it, it, it allows your iPhone to learn places you frequently visit in order to provide useful location-related information. Uh, and to be honest, it is really useful. There's a whole stack of really cool stuff that it can do, but if you're worried about privacy... This is one of those things, probably the first thing you, could do, you should do on your smartphone, turn it off, eh? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I just wondered, uh, it'd be interesting to have uh, two identical phones side by side, one with that function turned on, one with it turned off. What do you mean? see how much more battery, battery life oh, you get out of it. Yeah. Oh, it's an excellent point because it, I wonder how often it, it you know checks where you are kind of thing. So you're right. I mean, it's a worthwhile exercise. I'm not sure whether I'd have the patience to... See, the problem with those tests is, right, I guess you, what I need is two other phones because this one alone, I'm, I'm always going to get calls. And I'm going to use it for Twitter and stuff. You need 
control yeah. experiment. You need two that are just doing that and nothing else. So you literally That's carry right. two around with you for a day. They do nothing but either nothing or check location services and see what they do. I'd, I'd ask yeah, Apple for two phones, but I, I suspect they wouldn't be interested in my experiment. <laughs> also, um, I think it's in that menu or one step back uh, where you can switch on for the symbol to be shown at the top when one of those apps is using the GPS. And yes. I've turned that on, and the, the symbol literally comes on every sort of 10 to 20 seconds. Um, and I'm not, I haven't uh, played around with it too much, but I assume that's either that function or... Um, find my iPhone. Yeah. Oh, the status bar icon. I see what you're saying there. It was right yeah. down the bottom because if you go yeah. into location services, it will tell you right now what's using it. But you're right. If That's you go right. into system services and all the way down the bottom, status bar icon, show the location services icon in the status bar. When the service is above, request your location. Well, there we go. I'm going to turn that on. So you're right. Yeah. It's probably going to be always on, isn't it? <laughs> it yep. Yeah, it literally comes on every 10 to 20 seconds. Wow. That is churning mm. your battery down. Well, yeah. and, the, and the last thing I'd say to you is iOS 8 will will separate out the usage of your battery by app. I wonder whether it will separate it out by, it'll include location as one, shall we call it app. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it would be. All right, yeah. good on you, mate. Thanks for that. Good uh, good learning from, uh, from one of your clients and uh, good to pass it on to everyone, mate. Thanks, Brad. No worries, Trevor. Good to chat. Thanks, mate. And uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. But, you know, that was based on a song called Happy. And tell you what makes me happy, this email. And I'm going to share it. It's, it's egotistic, but I don't care. Uh, hi, Trevor. It's not a question. Just wanted to comment and let you know how much I love your podcast, Your Tech Life, and Two Blokes Talking Tech. I listen to your podcast to and from work, which is about 40 minutes each week, so it's basically perfect for the commute. And um, I always had said that uh, Hamish and Andy was my favourite podcast, but I'm about 55 episodes behind listening to them. <laughs> While Your Tech Life and Two Blokes Talking Tech, I'm anticipating them every week and listen to them once they're out. Maybe that's the nature of your topic being up-to-date information, such as the Apple hack password a few weeks ago, uh, which he says, for example, when he heard about it, I didn't look at anyone else's website. I went straight to mine, got the podcast, listened to it, and as uh, he knew I would cover it well, yada, yada, yada. Mate, very nice words. Uh, he says, anyway, um, I've been meaning to write in for years. Well, I mean, what's taken you so long, Chris? What's taken you so long? Um, but I wanted to let you know how much I enjoy the podcast every week, and I can't imagine how busy you are with three kids, a wife, and a full-time job, and sometimes you wouldn't want to record on a Tuesday night, especially if you had a shit day. Uh, I don't mind repeating that because, you know what, it does happen. And, yes, we do just churn it away. So, Chris, you know what, thank you, mate. And, Chris, you know what I'm going to do? Right now, I've got uh, people from um, Sanity and, um, oh, God, I don't know which 
um, record, uh, sorry, a movie company, but one of the big movie agencies um, has released Cosmos, a space-time odyssey on Blu-ray and DVD. I've got a stack of them to give away, and I've chucked a few up on Facebook and Twitter. But you know what, mate? Um, that, that email absolutely made my week uh, when you sent it to me, Chris. And um, if you get back in touch, Chris, having heard this, thus proving that you listen every week, I'll send you a copy of um, Cosmos, a space-time odyssey. Um, and there's uh, there's a four-disc set there. There's like 13 episodes or something like that. Uh, and uh, you tell me Blu-ray or DVD, and I'll send one out to you, mate. So thank you, Chris. Thank you very much for the email, and thank you for getting in touch. Uh, if you don't get in touch, I don't know. So go to the website, send me an email, whoever you are, wherever you're listening, why are you listening, eftm.com.au. And it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS uh, Technology. Now, speaking of GPS technology, I can't help but tell you again about the Approach S6 Golf Watch. Right? Now, this is a, a an all-new golf technology. It boasts a first-of-its-kind swing metrics and training tools right on your wrist. Swing tempo, tempo trainer, and swing swing strength. So basically, because of the force of, of your movement of your arm, it knows the strength of your swing. Because of the, the movement of your arm, it knows the tempo of your your up and, and your backswing and your downswing. <coughs> Excuse me. And what it can do is it has a little, like, a, like an audible beep, and it can help you know when to swing up and back. And it can get your tempo going right. So this is the great thing here is this works on a driving range not just out on the course. When you are out on the course, there's 30,000 international courses built into the device. So you're standing in the middle of the fairway on the 5th, and you look at your watch, and it says, oh, there's 100 metres to the green. And, you know, it's a, it's a hidden... I mean, it's all there in a watch. Now, this will officially launch uh, later this um, later this month uh, here in Australia, and I will, um, I'll check that out, and um, we'll have a bit of a play with it up at the golf driving range. I was thinking... Uh, now, throw it at me, people. Uh, jump on the tweets at Trevor Long. And um, also, uh, jump on the email. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Send me an email. If you're in the Sydney area, probably if you're in the north, I'm up near the, the, the Hornsby area, and there's a big driving range at Thornley, the Thornley Golf Centre. Uh, now, it's July. If we pull this off in time, I've got... I, I I bought a premium membership there when they opened. Hundreds and hundreds of balls that I've prepaid for, which are going to expire next month. So if you're interested in having a swing with me at the Thornley driving range, uh, probably late July, early August, uh, send me an email or send me a tweet. I'm up for it. Let's organise it one night of the week. Uh, and I'll talk to Garmin about maybe giving us a couple of watches to give away. All right, it's just an off-the-top-of-my-head idea. I've got a billion golf balls um, prepaid, ready to go. So all you got to do is get yourself there. I'll pay for the balls, uh, and we'll get Garmin to help us out with some um, some product to give away if you come along. So just an idea. Send me an email if you're interested. Um, if no one's interested, I'll just go myself. Fine, no problems. Uh, send me an email, eftm.com.au, or jump on the Twitter, at Trevor Long. Um, and uh, the Garmin Approach S6 will be available later this month from Garmin at garmin.com.au. Now, I said I'd talk about clothing, and today I bring you the Bosch Heated Jacket. 
Now, when I went to, remember last year I went to Queenstown in New Zealand with Vodafone. They they gave me a big red, obviously, um, you know, jacket for like snowy conditions because it was cold. We went up on the mountain and looked snow. It was very good. Um, that's my that's my biggest kind of jacket. I don't have anything that's, that's you know would keep me much warm in in a colder environment than that. So Bosch sent me this jacket, which is similar. It's really strong. It's got uh, Velcro on the arm, so you can really buck, buckle down the arm, so there's no air getting in your arms. And then it's just it's a great weight weighted jacket, very very warm. But here's the kicker. You put one of their like 10.8 volt batteries in the pocket. You plug it in and you press a button on the front of the thing and it turns on. It's heated, right? In in your back and on the left and right breast at the front, there's heat patches, like an electric blanket. And it keeps you warm. There's three heat settings, you know, high, medium and low. And it takes like 20 seconds to warm up. It's brilliant. Plus, get this, uh, the battery's sitting there in, in the front um, left pocket. It's kind of inside pocket. You can wire your smartphone cable up through the jacket into a smartphone pocket on the front up the top. Charge your smartphone in your jacket. Charge your smartphone in your jacket. The Bosch heated jacket. It's $179. Comes in pretty big sizes too. I think they've sent me a rather big one. Uh, and it is uh, it is brilliant. And the batteries, I don't know, but I'm, I'm tipping $20 odd dollars. Uh, but the charger, so uh, you know, it's going to cost you cost you a fair bit to get into it, maybe two fifty, but one seventy nine for the jacket alone, and then what a great Father's Day present, yeah, Bosch heated jacket, I love it. I'll have uh, pictures and review up at eftm.com.au shortly. Your tech life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. This is episode two hundred and forty five, and I was thinking about it. I reckon hundred, hundred and fifty of those. We've talked about mobile phones and mobile phone plans and i don't know how many if i had a dollar for every time i'd encourage you to do something different i don't care whether it's same carrier different plan same carrier same plan just ask the question um but this week uh, optus did some uh, some research put out some research and uh to shed some light on that i thought we'd talk to ben white vice president of mobile marketing for optus g'day ben hi there trevor how are you man i'm really well and to be honest I've, I'm not saying a crusade, but it is my biggest bugbear. I mean, I sit. The funniest situation I, I'm in regularly is is um, when I go to Channel Nine and we do a story for a current affair, and it's about mobile phones, for example. And we finish filming, and one of the camos or the sound guy says to me, "So oh, I'm on this plan and this carrier. What do you think?" And the number of times they're spending a hundred dollars or even more, or they don't know what they're spending, just blows my mind. It is quite amazing. I mean. Uh, you know, considering it is quite a you know quite a reasonable expense for most people, uh, it is remarkable that more people don't take the opportunity to shop around when they have the chance. So what? Well, I mean, oh, I can give you anecdotal stuff till the cows come home. What what sort of things are you seeing? I'm looking at the the data, and you know, it seems very clear that people on on a hundred dollars or more, if they're spending that a month, when their contract comes up, they they stop and they think. But if you're spending eighty bucks a month, it's not a common thing to look around. Yeah, that's that's right. In fact, uh, we've just done some research quite recently, and it shows, uh, as you say, actually, anyone who is on a, a plan of typically spending $80 or less a month are far less likely to take the opportunity to shop around when their contract comes to an end. And, you know, 80 bucks a month is nearly $1,000 a year. Uh, and what staggers me most of the time is, and I know 20 bucks is a lot of money, but a lot of money to try and find in a saving, but imagine you could save 20 bucks a month. 
that's two hundred and sixty dollars a year. I mean, when you come to Christmas time, that's some serious goodies in the under the under the Christmas tree, just by shopping oh, around. That's absolutely right. In fact, uh, many people might find they can save a whole lot more than that twenty bucks, um, particularly if they're willing to hang on to their existing phone. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. So in fact, um, uh, this research we've just done shows uh, more than. 60% of Australians would prefer to keep their mobile phone for more than 24 months, which is the normal time that most people's contracts go for. And in fact, on average, um, customers really want to upgrade their phones probably around every 32 months. Now, this is a conflicting moment then, because your job... I mean, oh, this is a good question, and you may not be able to answer it, but is, is it your job to drive more customers... Uh, to Optus or to drive more revenue through the door? Because in the end, if people upgrade their phone, that's more money for you. But I guess, is it better that they just stick around longer? Is that a better thing to, to retain customers than worrying about whether or not they, they want a phone or not? Oh, look, I think we, we obviously would love uh, customers to, to stick around. That's probably the, the main thing that we're interested yep. in. Um, so really, it's in our best interest to make sure that people are on the right plan for them. In addition, we'd obviously love some new customers to join us as well. But, mm. um, but yeah, no, really important to make sure that uh, customers want to stick with us as well. It's interesting about the, the people keeping their phones because I wonder, do people just assume that, that they have to be on a contract? Do they just assume that um, because their contract's up and they're going to sign up for another contract, people do that by default, I find that staggering, that they're just going to get a new phone and, and they don't even think twice about saying to the person in the store, well, hang on, this one's okay. What what deal can you do me with this phone? Look, I, I think people are really conditioned to the idea that um, that's just what you do. Every time your contract comes to an end, you, you go get and a get phone. a new phone. Mm. Um, and actually, many people might not realise there are now some terrific, uh, what we call SIM-only plans in the yep. market and what they do is they basically give you very similar, if not identical, inclusions that you would get when you've got a new handset plan, um, but cost a whole lot less if you wanted to keep your own handset because they don't come with a handset at all. And in fact, they also quite often offer the flexibility of, of not really having anything more than just a month-to-month contract, so they're incredibly flexible as well. And and those, I mean, SIM-only plans, it's, it's again, there's a lot of language problems we've got because... You know, people don't quite know. I mean, I still get people ringing up telling me their contacts are on their SIM card. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there's other cover. I don't know whether you refer to it or others refer to it as BYO phone. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of different language out there. But I guess it's just continual conversation we need to have with people to get them to understand what, um, what, what, what's on offer for them. And I think both, and I'll, I'll name other names. You, you obviously don't have to engage here, but I, I find that, that the Vodafone website and the Optus website are the best at saying, here's our plans on one page, and you can choose just a tick box, basically, SIM only or um, you know, with a, with a phone, and then it, it separates all, out all the deals for you. That's what you want to do. You want to be able to say, okay, well, if I get a new phone... I'm going to spend $80 a month, I'm going to get unlimited calls, um, I'm going to get you know X amount of data, and then click the button. Do yourself a favor, click the button and say, if I bring my own phone and click on, I love that you're calling it an epic SIM plan, um, what am I going to get? Because there is always a comparison, isn't there, between one and the other once you determine how much data you want. That's right. I mean, uh, you know, honestly, I think what people should be absolutely doing every time they come to near the end of their contract, you know, maybe within the last three months of their contract, is firstly just take stock of what they're actually using. So how, uh, how much are they making phone calls? How much data are they using on their plan? 
because that's a really good starting point. Yeah, got to know. You got to know what you want. If you're going to buy buy a house, you want to know how many carports you need, how many garages, how many bedrooms. You got to know whether you want a dishwasher space. You know all those things before you go shopping. The same should apply to your mobile phone. How many calls? How many texts? And how much data do you need? And look at a rolling few months so that you don't get caught out by one big or, or small month. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And once you've got that uh, sorted out, well, then go and have a look and see what your options are. So mm. by all means, um, have a look and see what the new handsets are out there and see if any of them might be appealing. But also um, do check out some of the SIM-only plans. As you say, there's some different language going around, either a SIM-only plan or a BYO plan. Basically, both of them just mean you need to keep a phone or you need to have a phone with you that you're going to use. Yep. Um, and just then you just get a, a, a plan that just has the inclusions with it that, uh, that hopefully are, are right for you. A lot of the things in the way we advertise plans used to be confusing. It's getting better. Um, and I, I will say full credit to Optus for adopting the minutage concept, so number of minutes worth of calls you get as opposed to included data, because $300 worth of included, um, sorry, included value is useless to someone when, it, when they don't know if it's 90 cents a minute or whatever. So... Uh, full credit to you. I love the fact that you advertise the number of minutes you get, and I also love the fact that you now break down the the per megabyte kind of cost of the included data. So if you're getting five gig of data in a sixty dollar plan, you you actually say that it's you know point uh, six of a cent or something like that, um, and and that's that's a good thing. But we need the others to all be doing the same thing so that comparison is made easier for people. Well, one thing that people can do, look, um, obviously we, we are working, we have been working really hard to, to try to make um, mobile plans simpler because yep. you're absolutely right, they were just way too complicated. Um, one thing people can look out for is something called a critical information summary. Right. Um, so all the telcos now have to provide that uh, with their plan and that will usually give you a pretty good basis on which you can compare. It usually tells you, for example... Um, how much a simple two-minute phone call would cost you or how much to use a megabyte of data would cost you. Right, and um, the so critical, because it's required, once you narrow right. down your plan, so I'm looking at the $60 here, SIM only, it says unlimited calls, unlimited text and five gig of data, I can download the critical information summary there and then I can go to voter and find a good plan like there, download theirs, and then I can sit them down and look at them all together and, and make decisions as I like. That's exactly right, that's exactly right. Yeah. And that... that should at least give you a, a fairly good starting point for some comparisons. How I mean, the data challenge, you guys uh, a few months ago almost doubled your data back up. Um, it seemed like a, it's a really important part of the, the mobile plans these days. Obviously, smartphones and the like are crazy, but it, was, it, was it a challenge to, to ensure that you were able to give customers what they want in terms of data without compromising, you know, the obvious, you know, making money on the whole thing? Well, we've been making some really big changes in the way that we um, set up our plans now for mm. actually over a year. So about uh, this time last year, we launched something that we called My Plan. Yep. And what that did was uh, really try to tackle head-on one of the biggest pain points that a lot of people have with their mobile plans, which is bill shock. Yeah. Uh, so that's you know when you when you open up your bill uh, at the end of the month and you you realise you've gone over your allowance and you've you've got a couple of hundred dollars or even more maybe. Um, sitting there waiting to be paid. We just really thought that that was um, really not good uh, for for anyone, not good for, for customers, obviously, um, but actually not good for, for us as a company either because really for us, uh, we want people to uh, to use their phones more if that's what they want to do. Mm. Um, so we figured we had to find a way to, 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 to make people feel much more comfortable 
about uh, using more if they needed to use more. And that's uh, why we introduced the, this concept of tiering up. So now what happens on all of our plans uh, is you, get a, you do get an inclusion of data with your plan, but if you need to use more, um, we just give you an extra gig for another $10 and, and it just keeps tiering up like that. So um, hopefully what we've done is firstly now included uh, uh, sort of a, a really fair amount of data in the plans themselves, yeah. but actually also to make sure that if you do need to use more, you can do so and it's a fair and reasonable charge for doing so. Quick thing, um, uh, I've had this conversation with people about uh, internet plans and internet providers um, not informing customers of newer and better plans and therefore you kind of get stuck on old plans not knowing there's better value. I haven't been an Optus customer for a few years. I was a long-term, like talking decade-long Optus customer before I started switching around like I do now. I get to It's, it's easier for me. I, I have phones outright and I can switch around and, and try all the carriers. But So if a customer has been with you for a couple of years or even six or eight months, do you proactively seek to help them essentially save money? And I know that goes against the grain of essential business, but... Really, customer service and a great relationship with the customer would dictate that if someone's on a $60 uh, my plan with 5 gig of data and they've never used more than 1.5 gig of data for five months in a row, does Optus think of reaching out to those customers and saying, you know what, you're on too big a plan, bump down and, uh, and, and then it's only $10 a month to go up and stuff like that? Look, we, uh, we actually do uh, a couple of things. So firstly... Um uh, you know, probably one of the, the, the key things that we do is when people are coming towards the end of their contract, we, we will get in touch with, uh, you know, many, many of our customers. Mm. Uh, in fact, by the time sort of the, uh, the, the, the customer would have gone through the end of their contract, um, they, they most likely should have heard from us yep. um, with some offers around what they could uh, now get access to. Uh, what we've also started to do uh, in more recent times is is make all of our new plans available to our existing customers. Right. So um, if you're on an existing, say, for example, $60 plan, um, and maybe it is from a year ago when it has slightly less in inclusions, um, we want to move across uh, to the new plan, which might have better inclusions uh, with, with, uh, with no charge to the customer. And, in fact, what we will do as well is um, we do look for customers that we think particularly are, are perhaps getting... You know, extremely large bills for whatever yeah. reason, and we will go to them proactively and say, "Look, you know, we think you could be on a better deal." Um, and look, that's just good business for us because yeah. we want to make sure that that uh, you're They're happy the things by our customers. Yeah, because I mean, it's an interesting one, and I, I I think that's great. And in the end, though, you 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 would have been um, completely right in saying, you know what, it's the responsibility of the customer to to always look around, and it is you know whether it's fifty or a hundred bucks a month. Seriously, pick up the phone to whoever your provider is and, and just ask them. Just say, am I on the right plan? It's a simple question that, frankly, no one can better answer than your provider. So if you pick up the phone to the customer call center and you say, I'm just curious, am I on the right plan for me? Uh, I don't have any, ch uh, the last few months has been a really normal month for me. Can you have a look? They'll help you, won't they? They'll actually look at your plan, they'll look at the deals and they'll say, yeah, that's, that's good or they'll find you a better plan. Uh, that's absolutely right. They can usually be able to access um, a whole bunch of history of your usage so they mm -hmm. can have a look at maybe what your usage has been like over the last three, four, five months. And they can, they should be able to give you a really good picture yeah. of uh, are you actually using your inclusions, are you constantly going through the inclusions that you've got so maybe you need to uh, you know, be better off on a, on, a, on a plan which has some more data or something in it mm -hmm. uh, and then help you out in terms of how you might get onto that new plan. 
the bottom line is pick up the phone or walk into your local shopping centre and ask. I mean, and and Ben, you you would know better than anyone that you, Optus is in a very good position. I mean, you'd if I was you, I'd be encouraging people to look at Telstra and Vodafone because um, it was, and I say this as a as a independent observer, but you know Telstra is expensive. Vodafone was cheap with huge inclusions. And then, really, they've you've levelled it out, if not bettered Vodafone in a lot of places. So you're now in a really good space competitively. Uh, now's a great time for customers. And I did the numbers once, um, the you know just random numbers based on the number of phones in the in the country. But there's a couple of hundred thousand people a, a, a month or a week. I couldn't can't remember what it was that are, that are potentially actively looking to change because they're off contract. It's a huge potential market every single week, and if people just knock on some doors and pick up some phones, they pick up the phone a few times, you might actually find better deals on different carriers, and it's easy to switch. It's so easy to switch. That's what staggers me. People don't realise, Ben. That's right. Absolutely. You can keep your number. You can move to a new uh, new carrier if you need to. Um, but as you say, the, the key thing is really just be willing to ask the question, am yeah. I on the, the plan that's right for me or not? And walk into to a store or pick up the phone to any carrier knowing what you need. I need this many call minutes. I need this many SMSs a month. And I want to use about this much data. Ask the question, find a good deal. And hopefully you'll break these uh, trends in the statistics that you've seen, Ben, because it's pretty scary, isn't it? But um, thanks, for, thanks for having the chat, buddy. No problem at all. Thanks very much for the time. And thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Your Tech Life, the name of the show. You can go to the website, eftm.com.au, to get in touch and say good day. Let's, um, let's go to calls. G'day, Greg. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Uh, I was just ringing up around, about a, uh, a bike mount. I was uh, interested in for a, uh, a mountain bike. I've got an iPhone uh, 5C, and um, I just wanted uh, something that would hold onto the mountain bike without uh, catapulting into the bush. <laughs> the phone, so. Now, you uh, you sent me an email asking that question, and I actually put it to the good people of the interwebs. I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> I tell you the, uh, now, I've got to be honest with you. Now, I don't know where you where you ride or drive, but just be cautious driving the highways down near Goulburn. There's, there's a police officer down there who's a regular listener, and his, um, I'm happy to say, smart-ass response was get a car and, um, and and a Logitech Case Plus, which is my favoured car solution. So thanks very much, Rob, okay. for nothing. <laughs> but a couple of actual suggestions from listeners uh, which are well worth a look. Um, the first one is uh, from Quadlock. Now, uh, yeah. quadlockcase.com is the, is the website. And you know what? It's a nice-looking thing. It, it seems to strap around the the um, the upright of the of the handlebar, and then uh, mount your phone directly on that. Um, you know, it's seventy bucks, so I, I guess that's going to be okay. Um, there's another another company called Topic, as in T O P E A K, Topic. Uh, now, to be honest, someone suggested them, but I can't bloody find. They've got so many products that I can't actually find um, on the um, on the website a uh, the actual car mount the, the the phone mount, but they've got car carriers, kid carriers, they've got everything. So I'm sure they've got what you need, but it's a recommended brand. The other one is um, Optrix, O P T R I X, Optrix cycle mount. That one's only forty bucks, but I think um, 
I think what what that is is the actual cycle part and the actual iPhone uh, case is separate to that. Now, Optrix, I'm pretty sure, is being imported into Australia by uh, MacGear Group. And I know them pretty well, so maybe we should try and get one for you, actually, now that I think about it. Um, have you heard of any of them? I've heard of the quad lock. I've had a look at that. Um, it's an, like an internet site, so you can't really feel or touch it. So yeah, yeah, that's a kicker. It, so that, uh, which I don't know, it looks looks pretty good. It's imported from Germany, I think. But, uh, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's just and I've seen other ones where they they kind of basically uh, grip the phone, but uh, they don't look that stable. Yeah, you really. I mean, for for what you're talking about, you really want to make sure that it's uh, that it's more yeah, than gripped it's on, on, don't you? No, it's a pretty rough track. Uh, yeah, I ride. Where do you uh, where do you ride most? Track behind Hornsby, uh, just behind the um, Hornsby swimming pool there. It's uh, okay, the, right. Bike track, and yeah. it comes. Um, does it come down like in between Wesley and Cherrybrook? Nah, nah. It's just behind the pool. It's, uh, there's a couple of k's of track there. They've uh, oh, done right. a lot of work down there. Have you done the one up at um, up at the top of uh, Warunga? No, I haven't. No, um, I, know, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, the, um, it's at the end of Westbrook. Jubilee Oval. I yes, that's it. the one up near the end of Jubilee Oval. I, I went down there, they, they did like a grand opening thing, and I went down and had a look at it. It was uh, pretty impressive, the amount of um, work they put into building those courses, mate. Yeah, they do, actually. Yeah, you're right. And so if there's a couple of k's of track, do, is it repetitive? or Because like, I always think of mountain biking as kind of, you know, just, just riding and riding and riding through the bush kind of thing, but if it's a track of a couple of k's, is it repetitive to go round and around, or what's it like? Um, no, not really. As I said, it's a couple of k's. I mean, once you, you can do one lap, and you, it's fairly tiring, so you, you don't have to do too many, I wouldn't yeah, right. have thought. Uh, but, but, I mean, I'm not that fit, I suppose, but yeah. um, it's actually, it's on the, on the internet, uh, on uh, Alex uh, Chumpy Pullum, the uh, snowboarder's uh, website. He's uh, ridden there too, and right. he's got a GoPro um, a shot of it. Uh, oh, you went around it. Yeah, right. Yeah, on a GoPro. It looks, looks pretty good, actually. Yeah, it's a GoPro. Look, I'll tell you what I do. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on. Um, I'm gonna hold on to your details. I'm gonna ask the guys at MacGear Group who bring in a whole stack of products whether Optrix is the thing they showed me at a at a recent um, trade fair. If it is, I'll try and get one, and you can review it for me, mate. Yeah, that'd be great, Trevor. I appreciate that. All right. Well, uh, you know, glad we can find at least a couple of suggestions for you. Uh, and they, they weren't just random people. They were people who were suggesting things that they had used. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's another one. I'm just looking at the tweets that came in. We had a fair few. Um, uh, iBikeSports.com is another one. Um, the page isn't loading right now. but So a few suggestions there. Uh, power power meter computers. Oh, that, that looks like more of a... Um, an actual bike computer as opposed to a mounting system for your phone. Yeah, so. yeah, probably. But anyway, all good. All right, mate, good luck and uh, enjoy the mountain biking, mate. Okay, appreciate it, Thank you. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. Your Tech Life, go to the website eftm.com.au if you want to get in touch, say good day. you got questions or problems or anything about technology, eftm.com.au. Now, I don't know whether you've heard of... There's a whole stack of terms that go around with... Hackers and um, you know the word hacker is already kind of a negative one, and um, there's actually a whole stack of people who jump into things around hacking that are just really smart people, and uh, some of some very young people coming either straight out of school or even still in school learn so much about computer programming, and they become 
so far advanced in, in the world of computer programming that some of their best work is done in really short spurts. And there's a thing called BattleHack um, that, uh, that PayPal is a part of, and it's, um, it's a global event where people from around the world in different cities compete to, uh, to challenge themselves, to build something, an idea, and the idea is they're going to potentially, if they win their local one, they go to a global final and win a whole stack of money. And uh, someone who can help explain that to me is uh, is from PayPal. His name is John Long. G'day, John. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Mate, tell me, I mean, a hackathon uh, or any sort of hacking event, they're normally, a lot of companies do them. Um, you know, Google, I've heard of Google doing them. I've heard of uh, Atlassian, the Aussie tech company. They They have these spurts of innovation where they get their developers to do what they call hacking, but it, essentially it's really quick and fast-paced development. Give me the background. How did this come about? So originally this started, um, basically it started as in, in, inside companies. So it started as a way for companies to, to iterate and create ideas incredibly fast. So um, what, what, what basically the word, you know, a hackathon is where it comes from. It's a combination of a, a hacker um, which has two meanings. Obviously, the meaning you described earlier is someone who hacks in and breaks security. It has another meaning. The other meaning is when you hack something together. So put put something fast together, um, and then you combine it with the word marathon, and you end up with hackathon. So it's a 24-hour period where you know a group of developers get together and create something interesting and creative. So, so companies get into this, or well, from our perspective, we get into it because we basically have 24 hours with a group of developers um, playing around with our APIs. And they'll tell us what works, what doesn't work, what documentation is, is going on. We can see where they get stuck and we can also see where they do well. So it's a perfect example, a perfect way for us to actually get very, very good feedback from developers about how our APIs work. I was watching a little highlights video from, I think it was the finals uh, last year, and uh, and what you've just said to me makes now a lot of sense. It's not just about, hey, come up with an idea and build it. It has to have some relevance uh, to PayPal, in a sense, and and that's the expertise that you can bring those programmers um, who are are hacking together code, as you say. Um, Your your API is relevant there. I saw one, and I thought, I don't know whether it won, but it was a brilliant idea. It was something about a a donation um, van, so there was a, a, a truck on the street you know, perhaps you know, giving out food to the needy, and if you walk by it using low-energy Bluetooth nearby, your phone would literally prompt you to say, "Did you want to donate a dollar?" And the the point there being, it's a it's a great idea. Um, it uses technology, so there's coding and therefore hacking together code, but also it uses the PayPal interface to say we can make that dollar happen really easily. Are those the kind of ideas that get spurred on by these kind of innovation periods? Well, you have a wide variety of things, and when when we set out to do battle act, we we wanted to do something that was actually going to make you know the world and the cities a better place. So we actively we actively said, okay, these developers probably have jobs in the week. They they they're either you know they're very intelligent people, they're either working for a company or they're building their own company. So it's very rare that you know a city specific problem is solved with people with this kind of brain power. So we asked them to come together for the weekend to actually do something to improve their city or improve the things around them. So you you get this sort of uber brain power grabbed together and working on a, a problem that perhaps they saw on the way in into into the hackathon that morning. So we kind of say to them, like, think of something that really annoys you about your city or really annoys you about here, and then think about how you're going to solve it. So, for example, in, in Chicago, so Chicago had a very bad winter this year. Um, so the guys there, the, the team that won, they, they, they took their smartphones, they put them on the dashboard of their car, 
And then they, they built an app that basically every time you went to a pothole, it measured the depth and location of that pothole. And then using this basically crowdsourced, um, crowdsourced system, they could basically create a map of where all the potholes in Chicago were and send them through to the, the local council, local government to, to get those fixed. And they built that in 24 hours. And that's you know, an active problem that affects Chicago that's basically being solved in 24 hours. And are the, city, the problems of the world cities um, that different that you do literally see remarkably different ideas in different areas or are there themes that you see? Well, there's definitely things. So every almost every single city, someone is trying to solve the issue of parking. So either <laughs> either it's, it's parking because you can't find a space, or it's parking because you're trying to find a way to pay for that space. Hmm. So almost almost in every single uh, every single hack, we have someone who's doing parking. Um, other ideas we see a lot. We see a lot of people who are, are looking a way to crowdfund or crowdsource people to fix public spaces. So um, clean up a park, um, you know, get rid of graffiti, uh, you know clean up a derelict area so there's a lot of apps where they're basically looking for people to come together as a crowd and, and solve a local problem and then the other one for some reason everybody's into running so <laughs> a lot of apps around running for good so in, you know we were in a warsaw a couple of weeks ago and one of the teams built an app where you could run for your local zoo animal <laughs> like get it fed so yeah. well, it seems to be a lot of about running but in each city, you see, you know, original and things that affect that city. So Berlin winners last year, for example, um, they looked at Berlin. Berlin is a city where 60% of people are single. Um, and they realized single people, well, no one likes cleaning the house, but single people particularly don't have time to clean and, and do their house up. So they built an app, which is basically like, like an Uber type thing, where you wake up in the morning and you think, oh, my God, what happened to my house? Um, and then using the app, you could find the nearest cleaning uh, personnel who will then come around and clean your house immediately. And so those guys met at Pat. Six months later, they were the biggest cleaning company in Berlin, and they've now raised funding, and they're live in eight different cities. So wow. how do these things, real real things happen? So really, things to change cities and change people. Have, have these people got the ideas before they arrive, and this is just the final spurt 24 hours, or are these ideas formed on the day? So in that case, the guy came. One guy came with Nike, but he actually met the developer who worked on it. So there were two-man team. He actually met him at the event. So the, the funny thing is, this developer had come to Berlin by bus from Amsterdam. That's an eight-hour bus trip. Wow. So the guy had travelled eight hours overnight to Berlin. Um, met 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 the other guys who wanted to do this idea. They then um, they then created the team, built what they built. Um, Went live, won the won the won the prize for Berlin. He then got back on the bus and went back to Amsterdam another eight hours. But this time he was carrying a battle axe. So, <laughs> <laughs> what what happens to all the ideas? What happens to all the apps? I mean, are these developers then free to go and do their own thing and make millions or nothing from them? It, it's up to them. So we we and as PayPal, we're very clear. We we're not doing this to steal people's ideas or even even do market research when it comes to that side. It's up to the developers to do what they want to do. Um, in many cases, they give away the app. So because it's an app good, they actually give it away. So another good example, uh, the, the guy that won a battle hack in Austin last year, um, he, he, was, he really was in you no-kill know, shelters or dog shelters where they, they don't put the animals down. So he built an app that was like a Tamagotchi for a real dog. So you're able oh, through the app yeah. to adopt a real dog and then give it food, take it for walks, etc. through the app. And that app is named, you then open, open source it. It's now being inspired by developers all around Texas. So you can either give it away or you can go and create a company. And we've had people go out, and there's a market last year who won the world final. You know, they, they won $100,000 for us. They used that money to change their lives and go and start business. 
And we've seen businesses start, we've seen people give away the ideas, and we've seen, you know, in Barcelona, the guys that won there, um, their idea would be at the local bus company, the local government bus company, the idea and is trying to implement that in life. So um, lots, lots of things come out of this. So, I mean, the idea here is, and so this is coming up in Sydney on July 26, 27. How many, how many Sydney siders will be there, or, or Australians really, because they could travel um, a long way to get to the Sydney one? How many, how many uh, programmers, hackers will be there in the Sydney event? So we have a limited amount of tickets, so um, we'll have uh, up to 200. So a maximum of 200 people will come in. Um, and the tickets are running out fast, so I'd encourage you to, I mean, they're, they're free, you don't have to pay, but please go on to battlehack.org, sign up and get yourself a ticket as quick as you can. But there should be around 200 developers, if not more, um, in, in, that, in that environment to basically compete for the prize, the, you know, Australia's best hacker, because the, the winner of, of Sydney will be going through to compete against 30 other cities, including London, including, you know, Singapore, Mexico, um, Toronto. They'll be competing in San Francisco, all these cities are basically the prize of the world's best hacker. So think of it like the World Cup, because the people who win in Sydney will have to start again when they get to the World Finals. They'll get there and they need to start with a brand new idea. So if you just got a good business idea, that's not going to cut it, because you've got to start with a brand new idea when you get to... Yeah, so you've, to, you've, uh, got, to, you've got to not just have a great idea one-off. You've got to be able to do it again, and you've got to be able to produce again. If you win in Sydney, you, got, you get to go to the finals. If you win in the finals, you get $100,000. Exactly, and literally, you could we give that money to you. We actually pay it into your PayPal account, <laughs> and you can, you can decide what you're going to do. But you could spend it all on beer. That's fine. But we're not taking an investment in you. We're not taking a cut in it. It's it's the money that you can use to change your life, and it's the equivalent to the kind of money you would raise if you were a successful first-round startup. So if you were looking for a seed fund to get a company up and running, that's as much as you could expect to raise if you had a good idea. We're giving you that money, no strings attached. You can, you can change your life. So why, why does PayPal do it? What's, what's in it for PayPal? Is it, is it simply the, the, the giving back? Is it, is it about exposure to, to these great creative minds? So there's three things. I think um, the, the first thing is, um, we, as I said earlier, we're really looking to get feedback on our products, and this gives us a great way to get yeah. feedback. For example, a, a week and a half ago, Braintree, which is part of PayPal, um, we launched a brand new SDK, V.0 SDK, so a superb piece of code, and we get to interact with the developers looking at this brand new way to integrate payments and seeing what works and what doesn't work. So that, that's the first thing. Second thing is we have a huge developer community based around Braintree and PayPal. We have over 200,000 developers in our community, and we just want to give something back. These guys have supported us. They've helped us. They've, they've integrated PayPal into other people's sites as well as their own. And that's why we, we set that life out to be a luxury hackathon. So we've really gone for big time. You will get no cold pizza, no cold pizza and no warm beer at a battle You'll get fantastic food. We pick local food suppliers. We make sure there's plenty of food. They run through the night like hobbits. We have two dinners. So we have a, uh, we'll have a dinner. Um, you know, around six, seven o'clock, and then we'll bring another dinner around midnight to keep you going through the night. <laughs> and, and in the evening on the Saturday, because you get a bit sore doing all that hardcore hacking, we're going to bring in masseurs to give you a massage to like, loosen the shoulders so you can make it through the night. We've got great beer, we've got great wine, uh, we've got great atmosphere, and really this is this is like a luxury. These hackers are spending their weekend with us, so we want to make sure they feel special and well-treated. It's a great idea. I look forward to seeing specifically the ideas that come out of Sydney because it may not be the winning idea, but there could be some amazing ideas come out, and I look forward to having a look at those. John, thanks for the time, mate. Thanks for speaking to you. That's a wrap. As I said, if you're into Cosmos, um, a space-time odyssey, 
Got a stack of copies of that to give away. Jump on the Twitters at Your Tech Life or at Trevor Long or go to the Facebook page, um, facebook.com forward slash EFTM online uh, and like and all that kind of stuff. But there you'll see the, the cover shot of Cosmos there. And all you got to do is tell me why you want it and I'll pick um, a few winners uh, on Sunday. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, lots of information there. If you liked it, let me know. If you didn't, maybe don't. No, no, let me know. Uh, jump on the Twitter, at, as I say, at Trevor Long, or go to the website eftm.com.au. Back again next week with Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.